Hello, my quarantinos and quarantinis. Welcome to the 11 a.m. Pacific transmission of my trigger-proof transmission. I'm really grateful that you're here joining me and giving me an opportunity to share what I've always absolutely loved doing. And I had to sit down. <clears throat> hey, Stephanie, what's up? Hi, baby. <laughs> Diana's here. It actually feels really good to know when she's here as well. It's been like a month since I've seen her, and I miss her tremendously, and I could really use a hug from her right now. Um, so, Diana, I love you. Um, um, it's good to have you here joining. Hey, Nikki. It's good to have you joining me. Um, I sat down and I asked myself this question earlier today, and it's something that I'm going to pass on to you, because if you're new here, the whole intention behind this um, transmission every time is that you leave here feeling more connected to yourself, more regulated, into an environment, into a community, into a family that actually needs you. It's like it's never been more important of a time for you to make this work your priority. And the biggest obstacle in your way is that you're not going to have enough time to do it. That there's a lot of things going on around you that are needing your attention in this moment that is far too more important than healing me, healing you, that person. And I'm going to invite you to look at things a little bit differently. And the invitation is with the guarantee that if you just surrender to how the position, the angle that I'm uh, offering you, you're going to feel much more empowered. You're gonna get out of this victim state. You're gonna feel more grounded in your body. You're gonna feel more connected to your heart. And then other people around you will feel that connection and then be impacted by you in a very positive way. And the <clears throat> net result of you doing that for yourself is that through this unknown, you get to carve out uh, a path, an environment through the unknown that's absolutely of your design. But you must first be willing to engage. So I want to welcome you because this is what my whole um, purpose of this broadcast is. I sat down in, in the morning. Hey, Eve, it's nice to see you. What up, my brother Alan, my brother Fashad? It's good to see people that I know and love here. It's not like, you know, I'm, I'm glad to see a bunch of strangers that I don't know that aren't in my circle or clients. That's fine. This is for everybody. But this is so much more meaningful that the people that I love and know are here listening because this message is just as much for them as it is for you, as it is for me. Because <sighs> it's kind of... I call it transmission because it's actually coming through me. It's emerging through me, through my thoughts, through my journaling, through my meditations, through the application of the work that I teach other people. Never been more important. So I just sit down and actually do the work. And that's really, you know, one of the things that I always aspired to be a couple of years ago when I was sitting in a really dark place and looking around at my coaching business and my relationships and all that and seeing that there was no real genuine 
connection and there wasn't really connected to meaning and I kind of lost who that was. I was like, no, I want to emerge as a humble servant leader. That was what I wanted to step up into. I wanted to rise into that. I wanted to, I've always kind of um, admired those who were kind of like servant leaders. And so I decided that that's what I wanted to rise into. So I just had to back up from where I was in that stuck place and I made a commitment to a vision that was beyond what's happening around me. That's what I'm asking you to do right now. To be committed to your vision that's beyond what's around me. And I had to ask myself the question, what makes my heart sing? What absolutely makes my heart sing? So I had to think about that because that was a kind of a journal prompting that I had. And I'm asking this for you right now. I want you to ask this question. Samantha, you just, Samantha, it's so crazy. Samantha just randomly messages me in a DM on my Instagram and says, can you tell me about the fear of anxiety? I need your help. And I'm like, just jump into the group. I'm going to answer it for you. So I really want to, to be able to be of service to you now because this could be the thing that shifts right now. What makes my heart sing? That's the question. What's, what makes my heart sing? And... Immediately, I thought of two people, Dusty and um, Dusty and Yanni. And so Yanni messages me around April, May, saying that she's having a really difficult time. Her relationship is falling apart. Her husband's not well. He's got severe depression, and he's actually suicidal. And there are kids around, and they're constantly worrying about money. They're constantly fighting. It's just not working. Can you please help? And then I said, well, yeah, I mean, definitely. I'm just, I'm just, I was born because of all the crises I went through. I was born to actually show up and teach you how to unravel this crisis. This is kind of like my jam. I had to unpack it in my life. So she comes in and I say, okay. So we get on a call with him and he shares really, um, uh, we do a discovery call and he shares very, very vulnerably what's not working for him. And he feels like, this is what he said, he can't cope. This is what I got from him. He can't cope. He's a wonderful human being, probably one of the greatest gentlemen that you've ever met. And he's so disconnected from himself and he's do, 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 do. And he's trying to please and he's, it's kind of like he's got this codependent relationship with the universe that he's needy and it's just, it's exhausting and he's got social anxiety, just can't show up. And of course, when you have all of your shit that you're not really complete with in your own life, that's going to create toxicity in your relationships. You know, it's going to, it's going to impact who you choose as a partner because then it'll be based on a trauma bond rather than actually an inspired, ah, choice based on mutuality. I, I, I was always in the trauma bond part. I was never really understood how to have a healthy relationship in that. And so when I sh shared with her, I mean, she'd been following me for a while. She knows my journey through challenging toxic relationships and healing from that and getting to that place of really knowing who I am. And so they jumped in and it was really difficult uh, because there were several times through the process of her committing to coming to the overview experience 
to actually making it where three or four times she messaged me and say, I can't do it. We have to bail, have to bail on the plans. And then what I do, what I do as part of my job, because this happens like 90% of the time, when you commit to something greater than you, you will want to bail on your plans. It's just how it goes. Because you get that little voice that says, no, 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 I'm too scared. What about this old life? This old life is familiar to me. I really want this new life. Uh, but that old life is familiar. That's too scary. That's in the unknown. And so she ends up by miracle. I work with her and I walk her through her fears, which is my job to do. I'm, I'm supposed to show up optimistic for you when you can't see it for yourself. That's actually a fucking annoying role that I have um, – placed upon myself uh, because I, you know, wanted to, 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 to be someone really special. And then now that I'm here, it's a fucking heavy responsibility because how do I show and deliver optimism when I don't feel it myself sometimes, right? So I have to, that's one of the things I'm grappling. If I want to be congruent, if I want to be the, the person that I'm actually, um, you know, committing to becoming then what what happens when I don't feel that way so I had to answer that and this is what the whole overview process is really all about I teach it in my workshops what happens when you lose that connection to your why so in that weekend I had him sitting in the hot seat and I took him through my process called the overview method which we went back to the root cause of his stuckness of where he was feeling stopped this feeling of unworthiness and not good enough for a young seven-year-old version of him that he that was completely felt not seen completely pressured completely abused and uh, and not heard and that seven-year-old is basically walking with him and he didn't know it so I want you to, to I want you to really just get from that is that there's a five-year-old, there's a two-year-old, there's a three-year-old, there's an eight-year-old version of you walking with you. In fact, they're all walking with you. And most of us are completely blindsided by that. In fact, we're so ashamed of that old versions of us. Some of my clients have shared this, you know, but I hate that person. They'll say, I, I'm so ashamed of her. I, I hate that person. And imagine you have somebody telling you that and that somebody is you, okay? And this is most of us. This is most people walking around on that planet. And what happens is we bump up against things that block us from actually feeling like we bump up against things that expose that. So this is what was happening with Dusty and Yanni in their relationship. They were bumping up against this and finally he saw where it was and we connected him back to that kid and saw an absolute deep sense of love that he never felt before and instantly their relationship and she did some of the work on her own shit too instantly their relationship transformed completely he basically was like oh no wonder i was suicidal i'm done with that he calls his mother afterward and says you don't have to worry about me anymore i'm good like it literally, this is, he's done counseling. He's tried all this stuff. Literally in that moment, that, oh, that reconnection to self cured him. It's like, oh, 
Okay, now, are his problems finished? No, no, no. But up until then, the stories that he's been making up about himself and his father that were constraining him were, were unshackled. He let go of those rocks in his backpack. And their relationship transformed. And that was back in October. And then they came back when we did our overview experience in January and they worked on some new stuff, but they brought family members along. Yanni brought, uh, Yanni brought her um, uh, sister-in-law who's dealing with a, a depression and a suicide of her father that happened six, seven years ago that completely uh, devastated her and she hasn't really fully recovered. And in front of everybody, she completely cleared that shit in front of everybody. So it's kind of like this viral spread of healing that happens when you really take on this work. It's really, it's really amazing. And so I got this message um, from her last night saying the relationship, I just wanted you to know the relationship I have with Dusty and my kids is so much better since doing the overview experiences with you. Dusty and I are in a space where we can express ourselves while practicing holding space for each other. Your online workshops are amazing. I'm glad that you took a time out to look after yourself, hugs, all of that stuff. So I had to sit down this morning and ask myself, what makes my heart sing? And that does. That kind of shit makes my heart sing. What makes my heart sing is the possibility that people who are stuck in toxic relationship dynamics, that they want to play the victim towards, towards other people, they can actually empower themselves rather than calling themselves survivor because that's a necessary thing. When you're in death's door and in despair, the next stage of your spiritual evolution is that of a survivor, The that which is great. It's the next energetic stage up. The problem with that is that if you label yourself a survivor, okay, cancer survivor, okay, domestic abuse survivor, whatever survivor that you're walking around proudly displaying, it's true that you are. There's no doubt about it. And the longer that you hold on to that label, the more you carry that fucking like trauma with you. You know? And there's nothing wrong with sharing that and then using that as a uh, as a um, platform for you to actually help other people. And the thing is, you must help other people from the perspective of your wound, of your scars, not your wounds. And so what makes my heart sing is walking people, guiding them through that path that I've walked before. Not just from an experiential perspective, but actually now from a neuroscience perspective, from a perspective of studying health and human behavior for like 20 plus years, from seeing tens of thousands of patients, like all of that, plus then going through my own dark night of my soul about three times in the last 10 years. <laughs> Whoa. So what makes my heart sing is the ability to help you take ownership for where you, why you're showing up, why your life is the way it is. It, make, it makes my heart sing when the person gets out of their victim story and go, holy fuck, I was labeling him a narcissist, but a narcissist wouldn't 
merge with a whole human, whole healthy human being. Boom, nailed it. I'm like, that kind of shit, I get this inside of me. Do you know what I'm saying? And so in these uncertain times, it's why is this important? Why is this important for you to ask yourself this? It's because in these uncertain times, it is important for you to connect to what makes your heart sing because that's what's going to carry you forward. Because before the crisis, you were ignoring that. Chances are you were ignoring it or it needed an upgrade. <laughs> Yeah. Thanks. You guys are a little bit behind, but hey, Carla, what's up? So it's really important. Hey, Kel Kelly. Yes, yes, yes. I was you that I was talking about. <laughs> that's what makes my heart sing. What makes your heart sing? Because that's exactly what's going to help you navigate this stronger than where you were before is that the people that you lead require you to be an optimist. Not like blind, but an optimist. You know, somebody who basically sees the world in a vision that's better than its current. What do you think I've been trying to tell you from the very first transmission? What's your vision again? What's your why? What's your vision? What's your why? Someone who's willing to, who sees the world in a vision that's better than their current vision, their, their current reality, and is willing to do the work that it's going to take in order to get there. That's how you're going to get through this, stronger. But in order to do that, we must heal what's bumping up right now. We must address what the real issue is, and it's not Donald Trump, and it's not, um, you know, all of these authorities that we look up to to saving us. Let's let's put that aside, right? You know what that is? It's like funny. I, I was in a meditation, and I kind of view the world from this perspective, and it's kind of like when your parents were like, "Go to your room. <laughs> Go to your room." Eve, Maureen, go to your room. So hey, Lajan, my aunt is here from Ottawa. I love you. Go to your room is what is what the world is telling you right now. The universe is saying, go to your room. Now it's interesting to observe. I'm sitting back and I'm watching everybody's reaction to this. Okay, I'm watching everyone's reaction. And it's funny because especially in my colleagues. They're like, screw this. No one's going to tell me to close my office. I'm going to save the world. They need me more than ever. And I'm a, ah, in other words, fuck you, mom and dad. <laughs> I'm not going to my room. <laughs> this is all a behavior unconscious. It's completely unconscious based on an old wounding. Fuck you, mom and dad. I'm not going to my room. Hmm. Or you could go on the other end of the spectrum. Okay, mom and dad, I believe everything. You're infallible, and I'm just going to go to my room and just listen and wait for instructions. There's those other people as well. Those are usually people in the, in the system, school system, medical system, 
uh, financial systems like banks and all of that stuff. They're good little boys and girls that are in a system that's created with a hierarchy that they're like, okay, you know, this is just, I'm just sharing with you what's going on over here. From this perspective, from the moon, I'm just observing and I'm like, oh, this is neat. Look at what's happening. They're, everybody's been told to go to their room and they're all either being very good little boys and girls in the system that are like, okay, I do what mommy and daddy tell me or fuck you, mom and dad. And they're the rebels. They're the ones that are, you know, like they don't like authority, you know. It's interesting. I'm not. I'm 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 in the middle. You know what I mean? I'm I'm seeing what's happening. What what I'm inviting you to do is I'm not any one of those two. I find myself going into both, by the way. I find myself going into that, but I've developed so many self uh assessment tools that I'm able to see myself in what I'm doing and really reconnect to what's truth. That's what I'm inviting you to do. Reconnecting you to what's true. And when I reconnect myself to what's true, this is the interesting thing. This is the answer to the whole conspiracy theory and all of that with what's going on, which will very much help you. When I connect to myself to what's true, nobody actually can stop me from fulfilling what my vision is. Nobody can stop me. Now, there might be obstacles in it, of course. Without a doubt, that's actually part of it. This is my vision. This is my path. That's what it is. You, this is your path. And now you've been hit an obstacle. Now, the tools that I've developed and studied, because for my own personal growth, was what I wanted to pass on to my patients who were struggling because they were stuck with physical stuff, which was all emotional. Right, Eve? You could... You could do that. And Corrections Canada. Yeah, I forgot to say the system. You're right. Absolutely. I'm in my happy place when I'm in my room. I can do the things. <laughs> I don't have to die. <laughs> totally, Jen. I love you, Jen. <laughs> That's me. I'm a registered nurse. Exactly. You're a good registered nurse. Caroline is in the legal system. So you're just being a good little girl, good little boy, because you're in the fucking system. And sorry to say, most people in the system are completely like robots, unconscious. If you don't believe me, go to a passport office, go to the ICBC insurance. That's what we have here. Just any government office I go to that are in a system, I can feel like I have a sense of things. They are, in order to continue, they must kind of drop themselves into the energy field of that system and become robots of the system. And they, you know, in order to survive, you have to kind of numb yourself like heavily in order to, to numb yourself to the reality. This is what's happening. The world is kind of asleep that way. The benefit of something like this is that it can stir us up. It can wake us up and go, whoa. All right. So what the fuck? It's all, it's all crumbling around me. What? What do I do? You answer this question. What makes my heart sing? That's it. What makes my heart sing? And I look and I go, oh, what makes my heart sing is helping people with their relationships that are dissolving. And I, what makes my heart sing is showing them is not that other person. It's your relationship with yourself. That's what makes my heart sing. My heart, my, it makes my heart sing. 
And so there's a num numerous different ways for me to express that and nobody on that planet right there, as long as I'm connected to my heart and into my gifts and into the sharing of it, there's no system or uh, uh, like, like even event, like disastrous event that's gonna stop me. In fact, with the tools that I've developed, I can actually create and convince myself <laughs> because that's what it is, it's manipulating your perceptions to align them with what's most powerful, with what's most uh, uh, strong, what's most um, possible, not just for you, but for other people in that disillusioned, asleep state. There's other ways of awakening the others that are like completely just asleep to the reality of what's going on and so what makes my heart sing what makes my heart sing is showing people their relationship patterns and why this makes my heart sing right now is because everyone's become aware of their relationship issues like you're fucking quarantined with these people or you're apart from certain people and it's awakening you to things I'm in quarantine. I haven't had a hug in like four weeks. <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> I haven't had a hug in like a month. Yeah, it sucks. I've been traveling and I have my beautiful um, fiance and baby mama that I haven't seen. I haven't been home to in, in Victoria in a while. And so whether you're quarantined with people and it's bringing up all of these things that you haven't addressed or you're alone and you're looking at your life and you're confronted by every demon that you've been avoiding and distracting and using relationships and sex and all of your other addictions to not look at, it's now in your face. So what do you do? You connect to you, you heal you. What makes my heart sing is teaching people how to do that because I was there I was in that limbo state in my relationship should I stay should I go I was in that space in my career who am I am I really sharing my gifts the way that I want to um, what have I always wanted to do but I just haven't got around to what conversations have I not been having because of fear of rejection or what parts of me have I not looked at yet it was a painful journey. And when I went there, what came through on the other side was the reality that I was just that little boy, this guy. And for the last two years, luckily, I've been reestablishing my connection with him, not just here, but in my body. And as a healthcare worker, I'm kind of, I'm kind of embarrassed to to say like there's nothing out there more powerful than energetically emotionally spiritually physically dropping into another dimension other than the 2d that we see in the system which has no soul is connecting to our psyche and soul 
which has to do with that younger self and reestablishing communion. And by taking the time to do that, we are reparenting over time, because this is, this is a lifelong commitment. The work is never really done to reconnect. The truth is constantly revealing itself again and again. I'm, I'm consistently having to ask myself these questions because on my path on that planet, my only purpose is here to grow. And so everything in my way is actually on the way for that. If I can just get out of my dysregulated state and be able to see that there is a community of people around me that really need, finally need for me to actually share the actual gifts that I have that I've been constraining from everybody else. So I just want to say I'm so grateful that you're here. And then I'm going to ask you this one question that's going to help you in your day right right now. I want you to write down in the comment section what you're absolutely grateful for, number one. And number two, if you can look and be honest, let's do this exercise together. What have been some of the benefits of this whole coronavirus for you in your life? What have been the benefits for you? <clears throat> I'll tell you some of the benefits for me. The, the way that you really get to know somebody and, and know who they really are is by the way they handle stress. That's why the first six months of your, those of you with relationships and stuff, I, I, I'm here to, by the way, by the end of this, I'm going to give you a gift that's going to help you with that relationship thing because this is what's becoming apparent in this whole coronavirus thing what's becoming very apparent to you is the quality of your relationships. So I know that, I know that revelation is like, whoa, it's time for me to fucking address that shit. <laughs> and so on the other side of that, um, I have, I have manifested a beautiful woman uh, who I didn't know that I could have such a connection with that was so real and genuine that actually felt like home that I didn't have to prove prove myself to that I that I could actually just feel like safe space it just felt like home and I had never experienced that in my in my 44 years and I, I attribute that to the shift in my consciousness through the work that I'm sharing with you and that I'm going to share in my uh, upcoming workshop this Saturday that I, I now have tuned into somebody and brought into my awareness that instantly it was like, oh, I'm going to be with her forever. Like I knew, like I couldn't foresee a time where we wouldn't be together. It's like, oh, okay. It's just like I've returned home. So I've always known it, right? And so, hey, Heather. So when, um, when we found out we were going to have a baby, this was back in February. I was like, whoa, okay, um, let's do this. So we, I decided, you know, I'm going to put a ring on it. It was like, yeah, absolutely. And one of the biggest benefits, which I'm still waiting for you to write some of the benefits of this for you. One of the biggest benefits for me was that I absolutely, in this moment, just seeing the way she's handling her adversities right now that are coming at her. And she's a very, you know, 
stable, rigid type of person in, in, in her scheduling, and she's a planner. She's the opposite of me in many, many ways, thank God. And she's met with some, some adversity, and she's actually um, taking it in stride. She's not turning into a victim. She's seeing that, you know, like I'm like watching her and how she's handling this. I'm like, wow, if these, with these inevitable adversities of raising children come up, like that's, that's one big adversity after another, isn't it, parents? I have somebody that I know that it's going to be an amazing partner in crime. And so that's one of the biggest benefits that I've seen from this coronavirus. What has it been for you? What has been the big benefit for you? Hey, Rosemary, nice to see you. Grateful for you and grateful and supportive friends. Crisis has shown how amazing and reliable they are. Absolutely. Grateful for you too, sweetheart. So what's, what are you, what have been the benefits? What have been the absolute benefits of this? Look around you. What have been the benefits? Given time and space to work on you. Yeah. Because we, we, we have a tendency to want to avoid doing that, don't we, Jen? <laughs> you and I both. One of the benefits, the painful realization of all the things that I need. Ooh, Laura, I felt you there. It's like benefit, but fuck, does it ever suck? <laughs> and this is what this is this is who I want to speak to. Is those people who just realize that they're like, ah, I'm ready to actually deal with this, what I've been avoiding, and I'm ready to dedicate myself to it. And so I have a, a training that's happening this Saturday. Usually it's done on a live event. By the way, the overview experience is like a two, three day event. I'm gonna compress it and distill it into five hours. How? I have no fucking clue, but I'm absolutely certain <laughs> that it's gonna be magical because it's brand new for me. And I'm optimistically excited and stressed about it enough that it's causing me to, to up my game, which is exactly what you're going to do to level yourself up. You must go to that next level. And that Saturday is for you, if that's what it is. So it's five hours where we dig in and we uncover the stuff that we need to work on. Because it's like, oh, I'm uncovering the stuff I need to work on. Now it's like, now I can see it in my face, but where do I begin? Ah, I'm glad you asked. I know exactly where we begin because it's the exact path I went to, through to get me to the place where I actually have a tool to be able to turn my crises into blessings to be able to get authentically into my heart, not faking it, because I, I, you know, I'm going to be able to watch these transmit. My goal is to be able to watch these transmissions and look back and go, uh, is he full of shit? No, no, no. He's actually coming from the heart. It takes energy and effort to get there because I don't wake up that way all the time. <laughs> I wish I did. It takes work to actually get there. It takes study. It takes actual commitment. And that's what I, that's who I want to really reach out to and connect with and make sure that they're there for that. Uh, I'm experiencing validation that my focus on long-term vision is working because what we're doing in the crisis is exactly the same as what we'd be doing without the crisis. <clears throat> Beautiful. 
Alexander, my, my main man, and I appreciate you for that. You are, you are as, as your client, I'm grateful to have you. And that's my, my, my thing. Everybody on my team, what I'm grateful for actually is everybody on my team are geniuses. They're actually geniuses at what they do. Kim, our community manager, I'm grateful for. She's a fucking genius at what she does in helping connect people. She has lived her entire life being a minister's wife. So she was a client of ours, an amazing story. 25 years of anxiety medication. 25 years of anxiety medication. She couldn't leave her fucking house. Her daughter is trying to get married, going dress shopping, but she was so anxious, she had to sit, sit out of that. In, interesting. She couldn't, couldn't attend. There was no, it was, she was too scared to attend that. And, and her daughter is like, okay, that's fine. I get it, mom's sick. And she'll always be that way. And actually, we were talking about this today. She goes, there was a moment where she was and this is Kim. This is what Kim says. Kim talks like this. She goes, Nima, I swear. I mean, I was in my living room when after the kids went to school and all that, and I was by myself and I got on my knees. She goes, and then she goes, <laughs> but nobody else was there. <laughs> I'm like, thanks for the clarification, Kim. I really appreciate that. That means a lot. I'm glad you clarified that. She got on her knees and she basically prayed to God that, that she would get out of this mental jail, this mental jail of anxiety. And then uh, she was in a, a group for women with digestive and hormonal issues, which were, of course, when you have anxiety and all of that pent up trauma and unresolved shit, anxiety, you're going to have digestive issues, you're going to have uh, hormonal issues. And then you, what's funny is we go to the doctor going, oh, there's a doctor just for this. There's a doctor just for that part of you. There's a doctor just for that part of you. As though like the same blood goes everywhere. Okay. Like it's, it's madness how we kind of separate. It's like we're so like this in the system is like this that we stop looking at the global perspective like the entire individual. And so she found my me because uh, I was the emotions expert at the time which was ironic because I didn't know how to handle my emotions really I just knew how to take past stories and turn the victimhood into um, uh, into power like I was really good at that but in the moment of trigger I didn't know how to I became just as unconscious and I didn't have the tools at the time but that was part of my development and so she sees me and she, I triggered her she reaches out and we do a session together and instantly I take her back to an earlier memory, just the stuff that I've been talking over the last two weeks or the last week and a half to you, I've just been doing with her. We went back and she cleared an old memory. She clears this old memory and which was a really, a something that, this is what she says and I use her words because she works with us now. She says, something that I could never see myself actually wanting even to look at, talk about, that I can actually be grateful for, you know? And we're talking like, you know, you might have gone through some past sexual trauma. You've been listening to the Trigger Proof Podcast. 
designed to teach you the most important skill necessary for a dramatically changing world, which is nervous system regulation. Becoming trigger-proof doesn't mean trigger-less. It means learning how to regulate ourselves to bring us back to center so that we can then be governed by our purpose rather than from our wounds. Anytime there's reactivity, there's a wound. And if you're curious and inspired to learn more, join us at Breathwork and Badassery or the Overview Experience. And a combination of both actually helps you do the work. There's a difference between listening to a podcast and actually showing up live and doing the work with a badass community who's all about breaking cycles of intergenerational trauma. It didn't start with you, but it can end with you if you're willing to do the work. See you at the next perfect time. Uh, there's been incest. There's been, uh, you know, abuse. There's all of that. My friend, that is what's showing up now. Sorry, the thing you wanted to keep buried, it's showing up now. And it's, there's that younger version of you tugging at you saying, why did you abandon me? And your, your, your unwillingness to actually go there is akin to a child that you've abandoned. I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. I'm just trying to wake you up. That's why everything's not working so well inside here. It's your younger self screaming for your attention and saying, it's time for you to take care of me now. Why have you abandoned me? I mean, it's, it's heartbreaking when I think about it. But that's what happened when I discovered this work. I saw a three-year-old self of mine dying to have reconnection with me. And when I did, everything changed. And anyway, so now Kim, here she is. After that session, she was able to get on a plane. She's like, oh, and visit her granddaughter in Florida for the very first time. And she's like, oh, I can leave the house just by letting go of those, some of those old stories. Not just letting go, but actually coming into gratitude, authentic gratitude. And over, overriding forgiveness. I want you to write this down. The highest form of forgiveness is the authentic recognition that everything served you and there is nothing to forgive. Mm -hmm. The highest form of forgiveness is the authentic recognition that everything served you and there is nothing to forgive. That is what's going to heal your anxiety. That is what's going to reconnect you to your purpose. That is what's going to get you to a level of like a position where Certainty is not needed anymore because I have me. I don't need someone outside of me to tell me. It's just I have it here. And I'm working on daily reconnecting to that because it's daily work. I'm not there all the time. So fast forward, she's now help, totally calm, helping people throughout all of this crisis who are going through the similar anxieties and she's no longer on medication. And we talked about this this morning and she's like, I'm so grateful for that. So I'm grateful for Kim.
I'm also grateful for Eilina, who basically I watched her go through one crisis after another. And I was fortunate enough to be able to guide, be her guide through it, through a divorce and financial collapse, through a son who basically was like on the road to disaster after his, after a few years after divorce, he just spiraled. He's now on his verge of thriving. He's getting his paramedics degree now. He was like, and he ends up in my office like after an overdose. I've never seen Eilina so in despair in that moment. And we were able to, through these tools and consistency, she's now like leading others in such a powerful way. Go and follow her on her um, thing. She now does yoga. She teaches yoga classes for people. Like in these times, these people are now stepping up as leaders. And these are the people in my community. These are the people that I am blessed to call like my family, my sisters, my brothers. You know, I'm so, Alex, I'm so like blessed and grateful. And the reason why I'm saying that is because I want you to tell me what is it that you're grateful for right now? What is it that makes your heart sing? Because if we can connect to that and stay in that optimism of the vision for the expression of that, then you could maybe give yourself permission to step up into becoming kind of like a leader around people that really badly need you, that are actually like suffering because you haven't stepped up to help them. So how do we get there? Well, we heal. How do we heal? Well, we focus on the foundations. What am I grateful for? What have the benefits been of this? Hmm. What about moving past the fear of fear? Ha 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 ha. I've done a lot of EMDR hypnosis, but still have this residual hypervigilance. Good one. Okay, that's a great question. You have a fear of fear and you're living under the impression that I have, you know, that I, I must get rid of my fear. What if you were to love the fear and let it walk with you? Just say, oh, I, I expect fear. In fact, stop running away from it. Just walk with it. Yeah, I have doubts. It's like, okay, so I, I want your help with self-doubt. Well, okay, well, here, here, here it is. Have self-doubt. Be trigger-proof to self-doubt. Just don't expect self-doubt to not be here. Every single time I step up to a new level, I'm going to have self-doubt or I'm going to have fear. If I expect it to not be there, when it shows up, I run. Instead of making friends with it and going, okay, I'm doing this with you. Because the fearful part of me, the self-doubting part of me, is actually a younger part of me. And by not looking at it and have not healing that relationship with it, which is what this work is all about, what will happen is it's, it's going to just keep chasing after you. It's not going anywhere. I'll tell you, the fear is not going anywhere. Suffering happens when we don't allow suffering. 
a huge kind of like mind fuck, but it's true. You're going to, because you're, uh, you're trying to avoid a feeling, Samantha, and, and you're not alone. This is all of us. This is everybody. What if the fear and self-doubt are overwhelming even if you're expecting it? No, you actually haven't learned, Heather, how to actually sit with it while you're walking. That's actually what leaders do. And the way that we do that is to regulate our nervous systems. That's it. You first can do that by regulating your nervous system. And this is everything that I'm going to show you in the overview um, kind of trigger-proof uh, compression session. These, these transmissions are to help get you into your heart by asking you the right questions, by bringing your attention to the things that are mattering the most, which is what makes your heart sing, what are you grateful for, and then what's your vision. Each time, I'm going to remind you, that's my gift. Kim, I shared your story with everybody, so you're going to have to go back and watch this again. Fear is like sweat. It's always there in a workout, but you want that summer body still. Go for it. And that's easy to say from this perspective, right? But when it's happening and it's in your body, you haven't yet learned how to manage somatically when that's happening. And that takes time and practice. This is what I'm inviting you to make a priority. And so um, tonight at 7 p.m., I'm going to be doing a live Q&A about it. We're going to be going into a little bit more of turning what the past, changing the past to, you know, from shit to sugar. Really, that's really what it's about. How to turn your shit into sugar, essentially. And so what I have as a gift, I promised you, was a link uh, of a virtual workshop that I ha had had done before. And I'm putting it out for the public, you know, there's a, uh, there is a, a, an investment for it, but I'm going to give everyone a coupon code. It's a 90 minute trigger proof live kind of workshop that I did. <clears throat> That's now a product on my, um, kind of in my company, but I'm giving it to you free with a coupon code. So it's going to be in the comment section afterwards, and it's going to actually teach you where your early patterns came from. Because really, what's happening all around you is bringing up all of those things, as Laura said, that you haven't really dealt with. It's going to give you the how-to. It's going to give you where do you begin. Where do you begin? Step one, step two, step three. The five steps that you need to do when you're in this crisis, and that crisis can be coronavirus, the crisis can be excuse me, toxic relationship breakdown that you haven't healed from. It's all the same. It's all the same because it comes back to the relationship that I have with myself. And then how am I showing up to serve the moment? Because when I show up to serve the moment in presence, there's an opportunity for me to serve. When I'm in the past, incomplete, holding on to trauma and feeling unsafe in my body, then there's no way that I'm able to see opportunity around me. So this is for people who want to turn crisis into leadership. 
who want to answer the question of what should I do now? Like I wake up every morning and I'm triggered again and again and again. What do I do? Because I do too. I wake up every morning with more bad news, more bad news. So how do I get myself up and ready to serve people? Like what the hell do you do? Like what's the process so that I don't unravel, so that the children then feel safe and that these cycles of intergenerational trauma can transform. And I was sitting and asking myself that question today, what makes my heart sing? And the answer was teaching. The answer was watching transformations happen. And I started thinking of all of these people that whose lives are completely different and who have healthy relationships and who are able to sit comfortably without anxiety. And when that stress and anxiety show up, like the it starts to show up, they have an action step, one, two, three of what to do, rather than sitting back and going, okay, I wish that everything would be better for me. I wish somebody would, daddy would come and fix it. You know? How do I start to let, let it go? So, um, okay, so this is uh, to answer that question. Never waste a crisis. Too many people are relying on you. It's not about you. Yes, Caroline, and you're already set up for this Saturday to learn to step up. Exactly. Um, so how, how do we do this? So I need to learn this. How do I start to let it go? So on Saturday, from 1 p.m. to 6 p.m. Pacific, I'm going to be taking 20 people through a process that I developed which takes you to the exact wounding that you're confronted by. So whatever's happening around you is bringing up a new wounding as a trigger, as an opportunity for you to go and reconnect with that part of you that you abandoned a long time ago because you have no clue what to do because it felt safer to leave your body than it did to nurture yourself and nobody walked you through the process of really nurturing you and loving you. You're going to learn how to take each trigger and find out what the biggest one is and a process designed to help you soothe, self-soothe. That's based on neuroscience. It's based on 25 years of study in the mind-body field, helping uh, over 10,000 patients dealing with stress-related problems. And so after you've taken those steps, you now show up resourced and now you're able to self-regulate. You're able to help co-regulate other people around you. You're able to then know, what am I supposed to do? Your inner light starts to emerge and you're now able to serve at that level of whatever is needed around you. And believe me, they need you. As Caroline was saying, they fucking need you. So that's what uh, I'm going to be. Uh, send me a DM. Um, the the investment for it is 347 US dollars, and we only have space for 20 because there's going to be group coaching. You're going to give me your challenges. I'm going to give you homework to do before, so that you show up with the exact specific plan in mind, and I'm going to walk you through like a live event to compress everything from a live event that I do for three days into five hours where you can be snacking, you can be having your dinner, 
or lunch or whatever time it is or breakfast if you're in the uh, if you're in uh, Australia New Zealand and so those are the people and you're going to be joining my community so all of my clients are already invited that's part of their uh, connection you're going to be jumping in and learning all of this stuff with us and you're going to walk away with an absolute certainty with what to do every time you're triggered and you're going to know exactly where your conflicts showed up from you're going to know exactly where these patterns unconscious patterns why do i keep getting in the same story why do i keep sabotaging why 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 you're going to figure that out and so this is what I love teaching. Are there any other questions? Heather, I, that was to answer your specific question about it. Do you have any questions about that? So I wanted to leave you with this, is the understanding that the optimist is someone who sees the world, current world, with a vision that's better than the current and is willing to do the work to make it happen. That's what an optimist is. I simply can't be an optimist if my nervous system is in distress. So I must take, have the ability, step-by-step -step tools to be able to go there and heal that part of me. That's emerging so that I can step up and then turn around to see a world that really needs me. So I'm going to invite you to ask this question. There was three questions that I wanted to guide you through. What, you know, what makes my heart sing? What am I grateful for? You got to really sit down and embody those answers. And the last one I'm going to ask you, and I want you to write it down in the comment section. Who are you doing this for? Who are you doing this for? What's your big why? Write their names. I have Diana and my unborn baby and a list of clients and my team, too many to count. That's why I'm doing it. That's why I'm adapting. That's why I'm using this time to go inside. That's why I'm kind of getting real with myself as I sit in quarantine for two fucking weeks without a hug, which I'm a hugger. I love being hugged, just like you, and start to face all of the things that I haven't really been addressing, and to do the things that haven't really been, you know, addressed while we're on a big timeout from the world. It's like, timeout, you're on a timeout right now. You've been bad. You're on a timeout. So what are you going to do? You're going to sit there and go, fuck you, mom and dad, which is what many people are doing when they're knocked back into their old wounds. Or are they going to actually, or are they like, yes, whatever you say. Okay, tell me what to do. And then just wait for someone to rescue you. So there's those two. I urge you to not be extreme of either of them. Be present and engaged and aware that there's, two parts of you there. There is a part of you that, that has both, but I want your inner leader to emerge, the one that's really ready to step up. And I wanna invite you to cater to that. Send me a DM, 
love to see you and then see you later tonight.